greatness is a function of wisdom. The wiser we are, the better we live. Join us every Sunday at Global Impact Church for four great services, 7 a.m., 8.30 a.m., 10.30 a.m., and 11.30 a.m. At The Good Land, Ifako Bus Stop, Owaranshoki Obutu Expressway, Lagos, Nigeria. Host, Yemi and Bimbo David. For inquiries, visit www.globalimpactng.org or call 0808-156-3080. Global Impact Church. Think great. It's a month of connections, looking at the church family and our natural family, okay? It's not um, enough to teach about um, our natural family in terms of husband, wife, and children, but we're talking about also the church family, which is very important. In fact, your spiritual family will often transcend your natural family because in heaven, your spiritual family will have much more roles to play than the natural family. So we must consider those two as family, as, as families. The Global Impact Family, God by his own ordination, the Universal Church of Christ has been put into various families, or what we call local assemblies or churches. And God puts his people in churches or local assemblies where they function under the universal body of Christ. And if you don't understand that, you might have problems enjoying the full benefit of um, God's kingdom. In Psalms 92, Psalms 92 verse 12, we find that it's when you are properly planted in a particular family, especially the spiritual family, that these blessings are just um, uh, the manifest. Psalms 92 verse 12, verse 12, the righteous shall flourish like a palm tree, take note of the palm tree, and it shall grow like a cedar in Lebanon. Verse 13, those who are planted in the house of the Lord shall do what? Flourish in the courts of our God. They shall still bear fruit in old age. They shall be fresh and flourishing. Okay, now if we start again from verse 12, the righteous, verse 12, shall flourish like a palm tree. It shall grow like a cedar in Lebanon. And then verse 13 says, those who are planted, not those who just visit. It takes your planting in a local assembly for the anointing and the blessing in that local assembly to manifest in your life. Those who are planted in the house of the Lord. And if you look at it, you now see why it says they will flourish like a palm tree. You can't transplant palm tree easily. There's some plants you can just uproot tomato here and move to the next garden or garden. But when it comes to a palm tree, a palm tree often stays in a place for maybe 30 years or 40 years. So those who are planted in the house of our God, they shall flourish in the courts of our God. My campaign, amongst other things this morning, is if you are in this local assembly, be in this local assembly. Be properly planted. Don't be what is called a spiritual prostitute, and yet you don't have any fruit. You're in this church today, and then in the evening, another church tomorrow, and then at the end of the day, you are attending like five churches, and you think you are spiritually smart. You can't be fruitful that way. Those who are planted, oh yes, thank God for many other local assemblies, but your local assembly where God has sent you, you plant yourself 
properly there in that family and the glory and the blessings and the beauty of God, the anointing of God upon that church begins to show up in your life. For some reasons, some people don't produce these kind of fruits because though they attend services, but they are not really in this church. Be careful of distractions. It's going to come. You will hear about one church there. You will hear about one program there. Now, it's not wrong to attend programs, but know where your spiritual family is. So when the river of life is flowing, it can also meet you uh, out there. He said they shall still be fat and flourishing. And if it's a family, then it's important that you know that there are some responsibilities in every family. Growing up, you know, uh, you, you find that your dad has some responsibilities, mom some responsibilities, even the children. You can't live in a home and then just wake up and leave. There's a responsibility. It's either you are cleaning or sweeping or cooking or taking out the trash or being set on errand, but there's something you are doing. So in the course of this month, we'll be encouraging people to extend their planting or to show their planting by getting involved. Because it's easier for you to disengage when you are not really planted. You know, I, I mentioned earlier today that sometimes when people send me appreciation messages, when I look at the tone at times, I have mixed feelings. When somebody wants to bless me, I say, ah, God will bless your ministry. And I wonder, I thought we were uh, in the ministry together. Now, I, I know some people don't really mean it like that, but sometimes I get scared. Ah, your ministry, so it's, ah, that means if anything should happen, I'm praying for your ministry. And it's easier for them to, but when you know that you are in it with them, you are in that family, then it's our church, my local assembly, and then you pray that it doesn't sink. You pray that it flourishes, and you are there to hold it up to the glory of Christ. Praise the Lord. Now, I'm also aware that some individuals, the reason why it seems they are not planted is because of hurts. H-O-H-U-R-T-S. Perhaps in the church you were attending before, you were hurt. Something happened between you and the friend or the pastor's wife or the pastor himself or herself. And then you come into this local assembly, there is this distance. You don't want to be hurt. You love God. You even desire to serve. But because you don't want to be hurt, you create a distance. I want to appeal to such individuals. Hearts will always come. It's the way we handle the hearts. I mentioned earlier today, a lady came to see me some years ago. She just joined our church. And she was excited. She came to see me in the office and was, you know, talking about the former church she was attending, how bad, all the things they were doing. And as she was saying it, I was cringing. I was cringing because I was wondering, I hope you have come to a better place. So, because people come in and think, well, this church looks very good. If I tell that lady that our, our church, no, we don't hurt people. We do everything right. It's like telling her there are no human beings in our church. So I said to her, well, wow, I know you've been hurting, learn to forgive. And I, I said to her, I'm not promising you a better life here. But I appreciate if you get involved and be responsible with the entire unity. Meaning, they will hurt you, and by the way, you too will hurt people. But how you manage that matters a whole lot. So let's look at uh, how we manage hurts, uh, you know, in that sense. But let's have this background. First John chapter 2, verse 9. First John chapter 2, verse 9. That's in the New Covenant. People are going to hurt you. Your wife will offend you. Maybe she offended you this morning before coming to church. Say, many people come to church fight. I'm sure you know that. 
Sunday morning especially. You know, a lady can make up for how many hours? A lady will make up, will make up in the house and in the car. You know, if you don't, I mean, Mr. Lickie has sorted everything out already. You have to understand that. Now, because if you don't have maturity, you'll be fighting over nothing. But there is some spiritual dimensions to it that should get you concerned. Look at this. He who says he's in the light, somebody say light, and hates his brother, is in what? Darkness until now. Hmm. Verse 10. He who loves his brother, does what? Abides in the light, and there is no cause for stumbling in him. Verse 11. But he who hates his brother is in darkness and walks in darkness and does not know where he's going because the darkness has blinded his eyes. Now, 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 Satan's territory is the territory of hatred, unforgiveness. I, I think I need, uh, Francis, come. Okay. Uh, Peter, come. I need, like, uh, Kenny, come. Okay. So, um, who can represent light here? Say it, light, white. Thank you for wearing light, white to church today. Good there, sir. Who can represent darkness? <laughs> can anybody volunteer? <laughs> okay, let's do. Uh, who is darker? They don't say I'm racial. Are you darker? <laughs> you know you're darker. <laughs> okay, so, okay, you stay here. Don't worry, your, your pocket chief is black, so it's okay. Now, stay with the light. Now, get back to that verse 9. Verse 9 says, he who loves, verse 9, uh, 1 John 2, 9. Thank you. He said, he who says is in the light and hates his brother is in darkness until now. Verse 10. Verse. He who loves his brother, does what? Abides in the light and there is no cause for stumbling in him. Light represents life. Even naturally you understand that. Photosynthesis, light. But in the realm of the spirit, light in this context represents health, prosperity, joy, peace. The territory of darkness is where Satan is domiciled. It represents the killing, stealing, and destruction of the devil. In that territory, sickness and disease will take place. In that territory, tragedies will take place. When you live, when you walk in love, he says you abide in the light. So when Satan in this territory wants to do anything to Francis, Francis is the light. He can, even naturally, when darkness enters where there is light, who wins? When you enter a room that is dark and you switch on the light, what happens? Automato, the devil knows that whatever he wants to inflict or afflict you with, he can't do it where you are abiding in the light. But take note, abiding in the light is not just, I'm a Christian, I go to church. It's love work, forgiveness. So, and he wants to afflict, he wants to inflict. So what he does is, can I organize situations that we make him by himself walk where? Into the territory of darkness. Let's get back on that verse. Okay, it says, He who loves his brother abides in the light, and there is no cause for stumbling. Is there a can't be? 
But that walking in love is a responsibility. It takes maturity. It takes spiritual understanding. The next verse, 11. It says, but he who hates. Now, please, that hates. Add unforgiveness, grudges, malice, uh, hatred, you know. He who hates his brother is in what? And walks in darkness and does not know where he's going. The moment you allow those things to fester in your heart, you'll be making wrong decisions. Even naturally, check it. When you are very angry, you misbehave, isn't it? You mistalk. You misanalyze things. You draw wrong conclusions. You're already, you're already blind because you are in the wrong territory. He says, he who hates his brother is in darkness and walks in darkness and does not know where he's going because the darkness has what? But living in that darkness also exposes you to Satan's affliction. That's why sometimes when somebody needs a miracle and is being prayed for, the anointing to reach that person is blocked because of the territories in, in. So you find that God will say, he needs or she needs to forgive and let go of that bitterness, that hatred for the things that God wants to do to stay. So when we say walking in love, I don't want to see that as a social thing. They say, I should forgive my husband. No, it's in your interest. This territory is horrible. The longer you stay there, the worse life becomes. That's why we have families, some of us know cousins, where they hold grudges. Some families are very good at that. They hold grudges. They fight neighbors. They fight people in church. Sickness and disease will prevail in that family. Nothing goes up. Lack, disarray, because they are in the wrong territory. And God can't do much because it's their choice. That is why love is also a choice. Glory to God. So as we strengthen the church family or our natural family, you've got to choose love. It pays you. Don't by yourself carry yourself into the hands of Satan. He comes to steal. To, in fact, from my studies, anytime you notice a person or a, or a family and tragedies are going back to back, it's almost like Satan is dominating, lack and want. Check it, it's around this line. They are in bitterness or hatred. Or offense. Some of us get offended at anything. Any small thing, you're offended. We're going to outgrow that this season. In Jesus' name. You are a child of light. Amen. You are a child of light. Now, so, that helps us to see why we must enjoy the responsibilities of love, right? The love we are talking here is not love wanting to you. It's part of it. It's that, that love that resolves issues. That love that helps my heart to be okay. Now, let's go deeper. Are you okay this afternoon? Now, let's, let's go to Matthew 18, 21. Matthew 18, 21. If you have three children or four children or two and you find that they're getting sick again and again, you are spending money and you are praying, check again. Is there something you need to sort out in your life in terms of forgiveness? Or you notice that finances are always in the lack. You try your best. Check it, check it. Who are those who are carrying in your heart that you must let go? People will hurt you and you hurt people. But let's see how the technical details on, on how we can deal with it. Um, we're going to read like 10 verses. Are we awake? Or should we say men should read one, women should read one? Are we okay? Okay, all the guys in the house, read this verse. One, two, go. Hey, you don't know that you're a guy. You're a guy. You know you're a guy now. One, two, go. Then Peter came to him and said, 
how often shall my brother sin against me and I forgive him up to seven times? Ladies, verse 22. Wow. Men, before you read the next verse, how many times? What is that in mathematics? 490 per day, okay? Okay. So, men, let's uh, read the next verse. Ah, guys, I'm not happy with you. You just disappointed me. I was hoping that you would. Ladies, next verse. Now, just imagine that 10,000 talents are 6 million naira, okay? The guy was owing that. Yeah, guys. Man, you don't read the Bible, no man. The way you are reading this thing. Okay, next verse. <laughs> yeah. Verse 27, guys, then the master of that servant was moved with compassion, released him, and did what? Verse 28, ladies. <laughs> now, before we read the next verse, guys, that 100 denarii see it as 600 naira. How much was he owing? Six million. Now, somebody was owing him 600 naira. Just take note of that. Now, guys. And begged him, saying, have patience with me, and I will pay you more. Verse 30. Get ladies. Now, before we read the next verse, that prison there represents our heart. There are many people that have people in their hearts as prisoners. Maximum Kiri Kiri, that auntie that offended you in a lorry 25 years ago, <clears throat> that's maximum. The one that offended you in class 17 years ago, detention. Then there's some people who are waiting bail that offended you last week in the office. Bail, just waiting for bail conditions. You have people in prison in your heart. Now, guys, verse 31. Wait, wait, is it that we don't have guys in this service? <laughs> or we're hungry? I think it's more of hunger. Because you guys are more... Okay, ladies. Guys, verse 33. Just as I had pretty on you. Ladies. Now, let's hold on here. Now, this is, this is corroborating what I just described earlier. When the guy could not forgive the other person, he was handed over to who? Torturers. KJV says, tormentors. And it's Satan. It's, that's, his, that's his terrain. Derek Prince was describing this, one of his messages. He says, nothing describes that torture or torment like sickness and disease. Where you have direct pain. I mean, not the normal headache or anything. Just that pain, that, that ailment. You just find that you are battling with it. But beyond sickness and disease, tragedies that will torture your mind. 
things begin to happen where you cannot even sleep in the night. You are tortured. Mental torture. Mental anguish. Worry. Endless situation of worry. Anytime you notice that there is that torture and torment in finance and it's persistent, watch it. It could be this. Get back on the verse, please. It says, and the master was angry and delivered him to the torturers until he should pay all that was due to him. Now, let me read verse 35, the last verse there. 35. So, my heavenly father also will do to you if each of you from where does not what? So, a man that is living in bitterness towards his wife, his business will never prosper. A woman that is living in bitterness and unforgiveness will be battling health challenges. So Kenneth Hagin would describe a lot where people come for prayers, healings, and they are, they are prayed for, others are getting healed, they are not getting healed because this woman is in unforgiveness towards the mother-in-law or a friend. So when we understand this, it helps us to overcome it. Now, what are the take-home from this? Number one, people will sin against you, right? From that parable. People will sin against you, and you too, you will do what? It's a given. No, 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 you come to a church where, I mean, I'm looking for a perfect pastor. I'm not a perfect church. No, there's no perfect church. Any church that doesn't even hurt you is not really a church. There's something that's wrong there. So that, that, that's why you say that your brother will hurt you, your sister will hurt you. And then close to that is, they will hurt you plenty times. 40, 490. Anyone that does 491 is not a human being. Per day, Abba. <laughs> they will hurt you. Okay? Now, the next thing, which is um, at the core of it. Did you notice that the forgiveness came from when the guy begged? Right? The guy begged the master, please forgive me. And the master had compassion. So, many people don't give others opportunity to apologize. That is what the devil hijacks. So, here is the drama. Uh, let me use, what's the name? Say for me. Chudima Amarachi. Okay. Chudima offense Shefumi. But what the devil tries to do is that he will not allow Shefumi to discuss with Chudima what happened. Shefumi will just summarize everything in his mind. She's a bad person. He doesn't love me without talking to her. Not an opportunity for her to either apologize or explain. That's why husband and wives, if you notice when things go wrong, one of the things that the devil hijacks is communication. He doesn't want you to talk about it because in the talking is in the healing. I hope that grammar is correct. In the talking, what? Yeah, but if you notice when there's a fight, the devil tries to keep you apart because as long as you don't talk about it, the crisis will continue. And he's doing that to keep you in that territory. He's preparing some torments. He's preparing some torture. So he wants you to buy enough time for that to start. Before you know what's happening, business is down. Health is down. So in this school of love, you need to learn to take what they call holy, uh, to do what they call holy confrontation. Or holy, I mean, crucial conversations. You need it. You must learn it in life. So, Shefumi 
We'll have to call Chudima. Chudima, I need to see you after the third service. Hope no problem. Well, there's some things on my heart I'll talk to you about. And then after the service, Shefumi tells Chudima, I heard that you told Amarachi that I'm a stupid choir member. I mean, it hurts me. How can you say I'm a stupid person? That would help Chudima to explain to Chefumi either, ah, actually, you did something some time ago, and I was trying to describe it to Amarachi. That was when I made that statement. I'm sorry. Or Chudima will say, I didn't say stupido. Because people do, people say things. When Chudima was explaining to Amarachi what uh, Shefumi did, Chudima said, ah, see, I was talking to Shefumi and he walked off. He walked off on me. He was just doing this. You know, and by the way, he described what he did. Chudima summarized, ah, that's a stupid behavior. <laughs> Do you understand what I'm trying to say? So when Chudima, when um, Amarachi was explaining to Shefumi, he now summarized what Chudima said. Because the real problem is that stupid statement. In fact, when Chudima was reporting Shefumi to Amarachi, Amarachi herself said, oh, why can somebody behave stupidly like that? That word stupid actually started from her. <laughs> but when the thing was being reported, it says, you are a stupid person. What am I trying to say? Crucial conversations helps you to understand the context of things. You give the other party opportunity to apologize or to explain. The devil does not like that at all. Because it's a transaction that keeps people where? In the light. That family will remain in the light. Now, apology, explanations are not the only categories we have. We have another category of people that no matter what you ask them, what you tell them, they will not hear. Those kind of people, leave them to God. Oh, leave them to God. You pray me, I pray about such people. I just say, Lord, I've asked this person, I've done this person the right way, I hand over this person to you. And God will always come out to help you see it better. For instance, if, sorry guys, if Shefumi is now talking to Amarachi, sorry, to Chudima, Chudima says, eh, are you not a stupid person? Look, don't talk to me. And then, you know, she walks off and everything. Well, you are free. You don't pray to God about the matter. But something happens when you express it. And then you tell God, Lord, I've tried to reconcile with her, but she seems like that. What God will do is to reveal certain things to you that season that will heal you further. For instance, you might now realize that, ah, Chudima uh, also called Feyikemi stupid. Sorry. That she also called everybody stupid. When you now hear that, uh, she be stupid to everybody, that means it's not a me thing. Because most unforgiveness matter is rooted in personalizing it. It looks like she does not like me. But when you hear that she has been calling everybody stupid, it releases you, isn't it? In fact, it transforms the matter to, we have to pray for Ha, don't mention her name. Ha. I'm, you, do you understand? But here's you for that. Something will happen, it happens to me a lot. Something happens with someone. I try to reconcile the person's misbehaving. I leave it alone. I say, God, help me here. 
And in just that season, some, God is so powerful. He will just bring one information or somebody, you know, oh, 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 it's not a me matter. This is the person that has the problem. So I even now have to pray for the person. But somehow, it releases you. In a marriage setting, they say, you win the battle and lose the war. You are not talking to prove that you have won. I hope our men are listening. You just want to prove that she came late. <laughs> I said you should be there by 6.15. And then you're now beginning to talk. Pastor said we should do crucial conversation. When did you leave the house? You just, yeah. And then you calculate, 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 calculate. You got there at 6.13. Is that 6.15? Is that 6.15? <laughs> now you have won the battle. She will apologize to you, Abby, for coming by 6.13. But you have lost the war. You will meet her in the bedroom. And she will tell you, it's not 11.15. Okay, so in a marriage setting, uh, you are after the success of that marriage. So that affects the way you talk. Next Sunday, we'll be talking about love languages. You'll see what this means. When I said to my wife, I love you. I love you. It's different from, okay, I love you. The same statement, but different tone. So when you go for counseling, you tell people, I tell her I love her now. Yes, you told her in words, but the tone conveys something different. So many times when people even apologize, they miss it altogether. They even cause more problems. We'll deal with that next Sunday on words of affirmation. You don't tell your wife, for instance, you don't make a demand on your wife. It's like Mr. Leke Order said, it's not a master-servant relationship. My food, please. What is that? Are you in a restaurant? My food, please. Hey, bring that thing. Your wife? Love does not make a demand. Love makes a request. Ah, please. Is the food ready? That's, that's love. Anytime you are making a demand, you destroy intimacy. She will respond. He will respond. Because some women are like that. Some women control their husband with that language. Hey! Put on for... Yeah, okay. And when the romance is out or intimacy is out, that marriage is becoming dry. So we'll talk about words of affirmation. We'll talk about physical touch. It's a huge part of love, expression of love. People don't touch each other in church. They don't. Now, I, I know that, that that's the extreme of wrong touch, but touch, right touch, heals people. Every man here will tell you when they get a hug from their dad or from a friend, it affects them. A genuine hug. But we have a culture that is very cold, especially among men. If I ask these two guys to hug each other now, it will shock you. They first be looking at each other like they don't understand the meaning of hug. Like who should first move? And the one eventually hug, one one among just like this. They say, hug, hug. You know, like this. By the end of this morning, by next one, we'll do practice here. There's no problem. How you hug someone decently. But touch, touch. And then we have receiving gifts. It's Valentine's season. Give gifts. We did something last week in this midweek service. Uh, we were giving out gifts. Of course, it was loaves of bread. <laughs> we gave out 10 loaves of bread in Suruleri and 10 in, at the Good Land. It was exciting. Towards the end of the service. That, okay, if you're here, it's your first time. We invited you. The person that invited the person, oh yeah, one loaf of bread. Anybody that came first time, or the first time has put up their hands straight. 
It was so exciting. And I said, who invited you? And then the next thing is, I invited myself. <laughs> I came by myself. I said, are you sure? Yes. I just saw the sign that I came. I take the bread. It was so exciting. And then here at the Good Land too, we did the same thing. And people that normally would not respond, there's something about um, physical symbol of love that makes a lot of impact. We are doing a lot of that this week. In case you don't attend midweek service, let this midweek be your first one. We are not just giving bread. We are giving generator out and some other powerful gifts. So when you are coming to service on Wednesday or Thursday, you might pick a number when you are entering. At the end of the service, after all the songs and the valentines and love, some numbers will be picked by random. May your number be in the right number. But I'm sure that somebody will take generator home in Surulere. It's not a prayer point, you and don't go and go and don't anyway. You pick the number here because people should bring their number from home. Somebody can write a number from Monday now. Hey, bro, Katalaba. Number, respond. <laughs> Let's close. Um, so, from that parable, you are owing God how much? Six million. Someone is owing you. It is just wisdom to forgive. Only fools, as it were, live in unforgiveness. So God is owing, you're owing God six million and they want to hold you. And somebody else owing you 600. And God is saying, okay, I want to give you a deal. If you can forgive that person, that 600 naira, I will forgive you this six million. So Derek Prince says, forgiveness is enlightened self-interest. It's in my own interest. If not, you'll be held by tormentors. And our ladies in the church, I hope you are learning this thing because you are the one that don't greet people. You see the person passing that place. You pass this place. Person passing in the church. What happened? Because on your bad day, they didn't greet you. Or something flimsy. But even if it's very tough, call the person and talk to the person. Talk to the person. Outgrow it. Don't allow Satan in your life. It's very dangerous. Some children die because of this. And it started from their parents unknowingly. The devil just invaded the home. Because of bitterness. You are fighting everybody in the family. Your second cousin, you are fighting. The third cousin in Malaysia, you are fighting with that person. When you see their number, you delete people's number. All those attitudes should stop. I'm not saying you should be close to everybody, but release the prisoners today. Especially the one in maximum, the one, that maximum kirikiri. That one that you heard since what your auntie did to you when I was 17 years, I remember. It was March 17, 1977. We are moving. We are moving from Ilorin to Lagos. And she said, I will never make it. Since that day, I said, I will hate this woman forever. Now I've made it. She can die. You don't know you are holding somebody in heart until they mention their name. That's why I mentioned Maximum Kirikiri. You might think you're okay, but when they mention the person's name, what happens to you? The moment they mention the person's name or something about the person and you cringe, or something wells up, you got to deal with it. That means the person has been there. That's his maximum kirikiri, you know, he's there. There's some others that you are sorting out the bail by Tuesday. Love is the way to victory. And then for those who don't respond to us well, Romans 12, 19. Let's close with that. If your wife is sitting beside you or your husband and she hurt you or, he, or, you, or she hurt you or he hurt you, let it go today. Blessings are coming to your family this week. 
it will not be miscarried in Jesus' name. Let it go. Or you own a business and a particular staff did something to you. It doesn't mean you won't allow a staff to go in terms of a sack, but let the bitterness, you know, you know some people have sacked some staff, but that staff is still in their, in their heart. Ah, how can he steal one million? How can he steal one? He has sacked him since three years ago. How can he steal one million? How can he steal one million? I brought him from the village. What kind of life is this? The mother used to sell water at the bus stop. I brought him to, the, to do business. Ha! He now stole one million. Three years ago! I just keeping him. That's why you've not made up to one million since that time. Let him go. There are some individuals you will need to call this week. Some of them, even with a banter, tell them, what you do to me? I, I'm angry. I was angry, but if not for pastor. For pastor of my church. But I let go. And then you talk. Some of them, you'll not be closer to them than before. If Chudima, sorry, apologizes to Shefumi for what she said, if she said it, their relationship will change. There will be respect. In fact, before she calls him stupid again, he might take another millennium. Because of that respect. Beloved, do not avenge yourselves, but rather give place to what? Wrath. For it is written, vengeance is mine, I will what? So there are some cases where it's beyond you. Let God handle it. The challenge is, sorry, Chudima. The challenge is, the day Shefumi heard that uh, Chudima called him stupid, without going through the normal spiritual protocol of talking to her, so she can either apologize or explain, we don't do that. Shefumi now just goes to this verse straight. Father, how can she call me stupid? Punish her. Punish her. Now that's why many people that do that, God does not punish the person because you're, you're on the wrong ground. That's why some people you hate, you see them getting promoted by God. And you're asking God, ah, but I reported that person to you now. And there are people that you feel they would have died by now. By the thing they did to your family, in your own mind. And the more you're thinking it, the more they're getting promoted. You're wondering, ah, God, have you forgotten 207? Because you've not done the right thing. Talk to her. Talk to him. Let him apologize. It's when the person does not apologize and then continues to do it. Vengeance is mine, says God. He will deal with the person. I was in a ministry many, many years ago. Something happened. I came to see the pastor many, many years ago. I came from Ife. I was tired. The pastor was angry about something. I entered the office. I greeted, we were talking. I was thirsty. I don't say they should give me water at least. He said, oh, nobody should give him water in this place. Ah, water. The Bible says you give a righteous man. Water. So I left, but I did my part. I left. <laughs> Some years after, I was working in a particular place. As we resume, you, the first day I resumed, you write your name on a particular roster. As I was writing my name, I now saw that person's name. Just some numbers ahead. Ah, the person is here too. Okay? What a coincidence. So I was even wondering, how would I even greet? You know, you know those kind of things, the awkwardness of it. And then the person shows up and then greeted me well. The attitude was so sweet. I was wondering, this is a miracle. Everything had changed. Then later, when we now began to talk, I now realized that God had dealt with the person. When God deals with someone, you'll be praying to God to, help, to, to, to leave him or her. Broken 
pro we went to eat fish together, followed me to my brother's house. See? Ah. When I had what had happened and transpired. So, you don't need to ask God for vengeance. Leave God to do his work. He's not blind. He's not blind. He will deal with people. I, I, now, that's a small category of people. But you don't jump on that verse. They just, you just had, they didn't greet you on the way out. You didn't greet me. Father, you're punishing me this way. What is that? No, you don't do that. You don't do that. So God has a way of sorting people out. And by the way, don't be in that kind of category. It's very dangerous. Proverbs 17, 13. He who rewards evil for good. Somebody has done good to you. <laughs> Proper good. Hey. And you return with gossip. You return with other things. Some people might not even know it will backfire. It says, whoever rewards evil for good, evil will not depart from his house. But I don't think everybody's like that. Just a category of people. Let's not be like that. But the, the best form is to see how things are resolved. Some of us might need to schedule a meeting with people this week. That your auntie that you've not called for three years. Give her a call. It doesn't mean she'll be visiting every day. Auntie, Funke, ah, now wow. I just have to greet you. Ah. What did we see today? You called us. Yes, I called. And then, hi, hi, children. Just that you are talking to that person, your heart begins to melt. And then you find that you are free. Releasing the prisoners in your heart is releasing yourself to the next level. Our laughter will not be hijacked. Greatness is a function of wisdom. The wiser we are, the better we live. Join us every Sunday at Global Impact Church for four great services, 7 a.m., 8.30 a.m., 10.30 a.m., and 11.30 a.m. at The Good Land, Ifako Bus Stop, Oworonshoki Ogbutu Expressway, Lagos, Nigeria. Host, Yemi and Bimbo David. For inquiries, visit www.globalimpactng.org or call 0808-156-3080. Global Impact Church.